0: And whenever you go to pray, guess what happens? You're standing and you're entering the Garden of Gethsemane in your own home. It's a place of respect. It's a place of the holiest of holies where I humble myself before the Lord and I submit my life to Him.
1: Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Today, Raul will lead us into the conclusion of our series, exploring the duties and blessings of true discipleship. We'll reflect on Jesus' own example of humble obedience as He knelt in the Garden of Gethsemane, fully surrendered to God's will. Keep listening to learn how to walk with Him in sacrificial faith. Now, with today's teaching, here's Raul Reese.
0: Let's read chapter 26 of Matthew, verses 36 to 46, 10 verses. This is where we have the Garden of Gethsemane's event here. I titled it, Submission of His Will. So we're going to speak tonight about your will and his will, my will. Because the will is very important in the life of a person. That's where you make decisions and you commit yourself to either obeying or disobeying. And we know that disobeying is very easy, but obeying is pretty hard. Obeying not only takes a lot of work, but it takes a lot of discipline and obedience to say, Lord, here I am. I'm giving you my whole life. I told you this story where in an Indian camp, They had a church, they were having a service, and then they were going to take up the offering. And this Indian sitting way in the back of the pew. And they begin to pass the basket all around. And then when it comes to the Indian, he takes the basket, he puts it on the ground, he gets in the basket, he says, this is all I have to give to Jesus. What do you want to give to Jesus? He doesn't want our money. He wants every one of us individually. Individually. Let's read beginning in verse 36. And then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane, the olive press, and said to the disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter, the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. And then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. He left, he only took three. He left the others on the side. He says, And then he went a little further. He fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, What, could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Notice what he's saying. Again, a second time he went away to pray, saying, O oh, my father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. And he came and found them sleeping again, and their eyes were very heavy. So he left them and went away again. Third time. And he prayed the third time saying the same words. And then he came to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping, resting? Behold, the hour is at hand. And the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Let's rise and let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. As he's sitting there in the Mount of Olives right below where Gethsemane is. Looking across the valley of Kidron, the Kidron Valley, all of a sudden he begins to see about 500 torches and swords coming to get one man, one person. And he's the son of God. You see, these words were written because they were inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. And in this part of the scripture, not only is it to be read, but it's also to meditate upon it. To meditate upon what Jesus is saying here. Because there's no human language that can express the agony. The agony that Jesus Christ went through to get victory. To get victory over Satan in this world. You know, God has granted all of us not only an opportunity to know him. But to understand that my life has to be in submission to his will. And as I submit my will to his will, it is through a life of obedience and dying on the cross to myself. This is what the death of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, spoke of. In his death, he looked, notice, and he took all of our sins, the sins of the world. And he said what in John three sixteen? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, that whosoever believed in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Verse 17. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He who believes in Him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already. Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation. That the light has come into the world. But men love darkness rather than the light. Because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light. And does not come to the light. Lest his deeds should be exposed, but he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen, and that they have been done in God. In God, each one of us individually. He is accepting the verdict, guilty to every man. He wasn't guilty, he didn't do one thing, but he accepts it. Secondly, he accepts the penalty and punishment of death. The punishment of death. For who? For every man. And in his words that I use death here. Not only does he speak of dying on the cross, but death means here a separation from my father. I'm separating myself from my father. The one that sent him. And the reason he separates himself is because the Father cannot accept sin. Jesus becomes the sin bearer for each one of our lives. And this is now the time and the place where he's going to be standing. Look at first point here, entering his suffering chamber. Let's go back, verse 36 and verse 37. And then Jesus came with him to the place called Gethsemane. And said to the disciples, sit here while I go pray over there. Now, what do you think they thought when the others were not called to come with Jesus, but he chooses the three, Peter, James, and John? And he brings them so they can support him in prayer. How many times you and I, when... We want to pray. When you make a real dedication to pray, what is the first thing Satan does? He wants to distract you. I like to kind of take a walk. And when I'm walking, I'm not only looking at the stars, but I really can be by myself with the Lord. And I can examine my life before the Lord. And I can ask Him, Lord, the way you want to speak to my heart that I'm here, Lord, just, make me just follow your steps. Lead me, guide me into all truth. And whenever you go to pray, guess what happens? You're standing and you're entering the Garden of Gethsemane in your own home. It's a place of respect. It's a place of the holiest of holies where I humble myself before the Lord and I submit my life to Him. The place, not only did Jesus choose us here, It's a place where he's been coming for a long time. It's actually his headquarters. It's the place where he does his devotions. And now he's there with the disciples. And this will be his last devotion. But it's this time of devotion, he's going to have to submit, surrender his will to the will of the Father. I wonder each one of us when we get up. When we get on our faces before the Lord, the first thing we should do is submit our will to His will. Lord, my will today will be Your will. Having a private time with the Lord Jesus Christ, because in the garden there would be pain, suffering. Think about it, in agony, agony as He's there in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus already, one of your disciples have gone to betray you, to sell you for 30 pieces of silver. And Jesus knew that he needed communion with the Father. He wanted the Father to know his heart. And here Jesus holding his disciples close to his heart, just like he holds you and me close to his heart. When things are very dark in our lives, whatever you're facing today, when things are very dark, we can lean on the breast of Jesus and we can hear His heartbeat and He can hear our heartbeat. I love that. Because when we simply humble ourselves before the Lord, you'll never miss His heartbeat. It will always be there.
1: This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Roll Reese. If you'd like to email Raul with your prayer requests and Bible questions, his address is Rawl at somebodylovesyou.com. You can also visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165 to order Rawl's entire discipleship series on MP3. Now back to more of today's study.
0: Look at secondly here, verse 38, the pain and the grief. And then he said to them, Peter, James, and John, My soul exceedingly sorrowful, even to death, stay here and watch with me. Notice what he's asking for here. He felt a sorrow, a heaviness in his heart that he was going to die. He was suffering so much agonized grief and pain that he requested the presence of his disciples. He wanted them to pray for him. And to be a comfort for you. Hey, I want you guys to support me. I'm going to the cross for you. I want you to support me this way. Pray with me. Pray for me. I think that's so awesome what Jesus says here. He warns them to be watching and praying. Watch means be on the alert. And then have communion with God the Father. Why does he say that? Because the disciples are going to be facing some great, great trials in their own lives. In a few hours, they will not only fall away, but they will deny the Lord Jesus Christ. They will deny the Lord Jesus Christ, especially Peter. And the reason is because instead of praying, they were sleeping. And so many times the reason we get ourselves in so much trouble is because we've been sleeping instead of praying. We need to pray. To pray for ourselves, to pray for our loved ones. Do you be amazed the way God not only has touched your life, touched my life, the way He's touching people's lives? And to come to that place, when you think of the Garden of Gethsemane, it's a clear picture in my mind, sitting there. Jesus with his face to the ground and asking the Father, Father, not my will, but your will be done. Look at the third point. He prays for the Father's will, verse 39. And then he went a little further and he fell on his face and prayed saying, Oh my Father, Abba, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Underline that. As you will. What cup? The cup of the cross. The cup is the cross of Jesus Christ. We notice here, first of all, that Jesus in confronting death, he turns to who? To God the Father. He turns crying with many strong tears. You ever cry? I mean, people cry watching movies. But have you ever on your face before God began to weep? As you look at your sinful condition. And the way God has touched our lives. And the way that he wants to touch my life constantly all the time. Coming to that place where I put my knees to the floor and I begin to call upon God. What does he say? He says, oh my father. That's his father. The father sent him. And now he's asking the father, father I'm your son. Do you want me to go and die on the cross? If that is your will, I submit to you. Father, remove this cup from me. If I don't have to go, please don't let me go. What does he do? He surrenders to do God's perfect will. The Father. Remember Genesis chapter 22, Abraham his son. When he got up to the top of the hill, carrying the wood, Abraham having the knife, Three-day journey speaks of the resurrection of Christ. Abraham's got the father. Isaac's got the son. And his son says, okay, dad, here is the wood. You've got the knife, but where's the sacrifice? He said, God will provide himself a sacrifice. 2,000 years later, here's Jesus in the garden, and he's going to be crucified. He's going to be crucified for the sins of the world. As he surrenders the will to the will of the father perfectly, It was through the surrender of his life to become the perfect man that he was able to bear the cup, notice, of God's wrath upon himself. He did it because he loved you and he loved me. He exhorts his disciples, verse 40. And then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, imagine that. Here he's pouring out his heart to the Father. Three times. And because the flesh is weak. And they don't see the importance. Man, Satan has victory over their lives. By sleeping. Instead of praying. He says, what? Could you not watch with me one hour? Just one hour. Watch. Be on the alert and pray. Lest you enter into temptation, the spirit indeed is willing, but write this down, but the flesh is weak. That's the problem there. The weakest of the flesh. Yes, I want to pray, but my flesh says, no, it's too late. Go to bed better. Tomorrow morning you can do that. The flesh is always discouraging us because he doesn't want to be ruled by the spirit. We don't want to be ruled by the flesh. We want to be ruled by the spirit of God. Ruled by the Spirit of God so that he can use my life. Christ here is standing alone confronting death. He was neglected by his closest friends. Peter, James, and John. You guys, I've been with you. You've been with me. Why could you guys pray for me? What a beautiful picture for each one of us here tonight to pray for one another. And then he warns them here concerning temptation. If they don't pray, you're going to fall into temptation. He warns them concerning their flesh, their weaknesses, by sleeping. And then these disciples, not only were depending upon their own wisdom, think about that, their own wisdom, and their own strength, instead on God's Holy Spirit to fight their battles. We need to do that to trust in the Lord, to trust in the Holy Spirit, to fight our battles against Satan. You don't have to be afraid of Satan. All you have to do is say, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke thee. The less you speak of Satan, the better it is. Don't give him credit. Don't give him credit. He loves people to speak about him. Let's speak more about Jesus and his Holy Spirit. Because what happens here, notice in verse 42 to 44, he continues to pray for the Father's will. He never gives up. Verse 42 says, And again a second time he went away and prayed, saying, O oh, my Father, Abba, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. And he came and found them asleep again for their eyes were very heavy. So he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words, confronting the disciples to continue in prayer, asking the disciples to please stay awake and pray, asking the Father to deliver him from the cup that he wanted not only to bear if he had to, but according to the will of God he would do it. And as he found them sleeping, it says what? Their eyes were heavy. Instead of fighting, they went to sleep. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The flesh is always weak. And then check this out. Three enemies against persevering prayer. Number one, physical drowsiness. Secondly, listen carefully, spiritual blindness. And thirdly, Cardinal security, trusting in your flesh, trusting in yourself. You can't do that. You've got to trust in him. And then look at the sixth point here. He has prayed up now for betrayal. Verse 45 and 46, he says, And then he came to his disciples and said to them, are you still sleeping and resting? Notice how beautiful he is. In love he comes and says, are you still sleeping and resting? Behold the hours at hand, you guys. What hand? That the son of man being betrayed into the hands of sinners. He says, you guys, I got to tell you, I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to go pretty soon. You've been sleeping, but I've been watching over you. And now I can see the light. I can see the torches coming towards us. Wake up. Get ready. For my betrayer is at hand. Rise and let us be going. See that my betrayer is at hand. When I read those words, it just really spoke to my own heart. Because surely I do not want to be sleepy. I want to be watching. I want to be praying. Remember what he says? Behold, the hour is at hand, that the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. How about Psalm 40, verse 8, I delight to do your will, O my God, and your law within my heart. John five thirty. I can of myself do nothing, as I hear I judge, and my judgment is righteous, because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. All the way to the Gospels, who sent me. And then how about Hebrews ten seven? Then he said, "Paul, behold, I have come. In the volume of the book, it is written of me to do your will, O God." Previously, saying sacrifice and offering, burnt offerings and offerings for sin, you did not desire, nor had pleasure in them, which we offer according to the law. Then he said, "Behold, I have come to do your will, O God." He takes away the first that he may establish the second. By that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of our Lord Jesus Christ once and for all. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, he sat down at the right hand of God, for you, for me, so that we would never neglect his love, his grace, his mercies, that he's paid the ultimate price. For each one of us here, young, old, I don't care who you are. And the reason is because he loves us and he cares for us. We only have one life to live. And it will soon be passed. And the only thing that is going to last is what you do for Christ, period. One life. And it will soon be passed.
1: Christ has set such a powerful example of surrendered obedience. And as we reflect on his humble prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane, it's up to each of us to fully submit our lives to his care. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. If you'd like to review today's lesson again, submission to his will, call us at 800-634-9165, and we'll send you an unedited version for a donation of $5 or more. For further insight into what it looks like to walk closely with Jesus, we'd like to offer you the entire discipleship series we've just aired. Raul's 12-lesson study is available on both CD and an MP3 thumb drive, and it provides more clarity into your God-given calling to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. Get in touch with us today to order Raul's 12-message discipleship series. Just visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165 and we'll send your CD collection for a gift of $23 or the flash drive for $18. Our number once again is 800-634-9165. Or you can order by writing us at Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. We hope you'll utilize our many free resources. Join Rawl on his YouTube channel Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific for Straight Talk. It's a program featuring practical wisdom from God's Word. You'll also want to download our app for convenient access to live streamed Bible teaching, digital Bible studies, and much more. Plus, Rawl's daily devotional emails will help you keep your eyes fixed on Jesus as you meditate on His Word. It only takes a minute to subscribe at SomebodyLovesYou.com. Thanks so much for your tax-deductible gifts. They enable us to keep sharing God's Word through these programs, and we appreciate your partnership. Well, it's always a joy to study the Word of God with you, and we hope you'll join us again next time for a new series. As we delve into the Apostle Paul's first letter to a young believer named Timothy, we'll discover inspiration and renewed motivation for our daily walk with Christ.